Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Neighbors, this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Brian Chaffin. He's the co-founder and co-publisher of the Mac Observer. And we'll talk about Apple, their finances, and the tax man. We'll also hear from Joe Wilcox of Beta News. He'll talk about the rash of hacker or DDoS attacks against major websites. All this and much more on the Tech Night Owl Live. We welcome, for his first time on the show, Brian Chaffin. He's the co-founder and the co-publisher. More than one job at the same time over at the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. Therefore, he works with our friend John Martellero over there. And as you listeners know, he writes an awful lot of fascinating commentaries and material. And Brian, before we do anything else, welcome to the Tech Night Out Live. It's great to be here, Gene. Thanks for having me. Okay. You did an article just a few days ago, The Politics of Corporate Taxes and Apple's Cash Hoard. And they've got, what, $137 billion now. And a lot of that is overseas, I presume, to escape the taxes, the corporate taxes in the U.S.? Well, yeah, that's why it's sitting over there, yeah. That's why it's sitting offshore in general is to keep from paying the uh, hefty tax they'll have to pay to repatriate the taxes, uh, the, the, the profits to the U.S., but, you know, one of the things that I touched on in that piece is Apple's very successful efforts to avoid paying any kind of local taxes generated on profits as well. I don't think it's a good thing. In terms of local taxes, you mean in the states in addition to the country? For instance, uh, the, what, what really sparked uh, me writing this piece was a story coming out of New Zealand about Apple having paid 0.4% tax on the $571 million uh, in sales that the, com- the company had done in New Zealand in 2012. Now, my first reaction to that was, who measures sa- uh, tax by sales? It should be on you know earnings or, or profit, not by revenue or sales. But even digging down further, Apple reported a profit of five and I think five and a half million dollars on those $471 million in sales. That's a profit margin of less than 1%. And we all know that Apple makes a lot more money than that. Apple's able to do this by by employing very legal uh, means of uh, funneling all its money to through other subsidiaries that are in low tax areas. And they end up being able to avoid paying to a lot of local taxes that way. So in addition to being a whiz at supply chain control with Tim Cook, they have a team of accountants on there who will make sure they pay the least amount of taxes. Before we go into the ramifications here, isn't that true for any multinational corporation, though? Absolutely. And I think that's part of the problem. You know, we have one point, what is it, $1.8 trillion being held offshore by most of, like seventy five percent of that by eighty three companies, a lot of this 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 money is is being uh, handled in this way, and people are actually following Apple's lead on this. So yeah, Apple's certainly not alone; they're just better at it than most companies. So we worry about Apple's profits not being quite as much as industry analysts expected in the past quarter, but they're just sucking it away. They are just sucking it away, and I am by no means accusing Apple of doing anything uh, illegal here. I think that if if you're going to be a multinational company and you're going to be selling products in other countries, 
you probably ought to go ahead and contribute to uh, the local tax base. If you're going to profit from being in a culture, go ahead and contribute back to that culture in terms of uh, the whatever kind of local taxes are required. And yes, companies can use all manner of loopholes, but I mean, it's just a big part of this column there was really more philosophy than anything else. I, I don't. We need to step back and 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 think differently about um, about some of these things. All right, let's look at the ramifications here. If Apple pays higher taxes in every country in which they do business, obviously their profits are going to be less. Correct. Okay. I don't know how much less. I guess none of us can really figure that out because there's a lot of complicated math here. Only Apple knows for sure. But let's assume, for example, that Apple showed a profit, after, I guess after taxes, of $13 billion. Maybe if they didn't play all these common tricks, maybe it'd be 3 or $4 billion. Who's to know? Probably be closer to 10, but I'm, I'm with you. I certainly don't know. I'm, I'm not an expert in this stuff. Yeah, this is a very complex kind of situation we're trying to analyze. So how does Apple address that in a situation where, of course... They've got their economic set up this way. They literally have to reorganize everything in every country to fix this problem if one perceives it as a problem. Yeah, and, and of course, Apple doesn't. I mean, you know, Apple's fiduciary responsibilities to the shareholder. And uh, one could argue that if Apple, I, th- I think it was the New York Times that first uh, reported Apple as the inventor of the double Irish with a Dutch sandwich, uh, which is a method of routing everything through um, Irish companies and then to Dutch companies and then having that money wind up in uh, the uh, Caribbean, in particular the Cayman Islands. This is part of Apple's success story. Peter Oppenheimer and Fred Anderson before him, the, these guys have set up this amazing global engine that generates enormous amounts of money. And this is part of why Apple always has a higher cash flow than it has in, in direct profits every single quarter. And this is where Apple's responsibility is. You know, Apple, Tim Cook talks about how Apple's goal is to make great products and the best products that they can, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they have a real fiduciary responsibility to the shareholder to increase shareholder value. And if Apple suddenly stopped doing the double Irish with the, with the Dutch sandwich, if they stopped doing that, would they suddenly be subject to shareholder lawsuits? Uh, possibly, maybe even probably. So, I, I mean, there's, there, I don't know. There's no, there's no simple answers here. And, and uh, I, I, I just, I mean, you just know that they made more than 0.89% profit in New Zealand off of half a billion dollars in sales. You just know they made more money than that. Well, even in the U.S., what percentage of tax do they pay? Oh, golly, they do report, they report that every quarter, and, and I, I don't remember what the last quarter was. It's usually been in that I, – I don't even want to spout off a number. I, I want to say it's been in that 23% range, sometimes down as low as 13 14%. Right. I, I can't, least, I can't of course, there's some companies like, was it Exxon doesn't pay a very much tax in the U.S., and they make – Incredible profits. Right, right. I think, what was it, NBC Universal before it was spun off, they were reporting zero profits. News Corp, which is Fox, reporting zero profits. So it's not just, of course, Apple Absolutely. that's playing this game. So therefore, what's the incentive for Apple to do anything different? Because they could say in the end, look, we will take advantage of whatever it is to reduce our tax burden, just like every other company right. on the planet. You're absolutely right, and and there is there's no incentive, there's no reason for Apple to do so. 
you know, and, and there's, there's a difference between the money that's taxed here in the States and the money that, that is or is not taxed uh, uh, outside of the States. There's this whole issue of, of uh, multinationals not being taxed on uh, 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 offshore profits until those monies are uh, repatriated. I mean, it's, it's a huge complex issue i definitely wasn't presenting any answers i just think it's something that we have to talk about you know gene we talk about this is and i am a tiny tiny apple shareholder for full disclosure sake we, we you and i both talk and cover uh, a lot of um, a- a- apples uh, from the financial side but all the coverage that we've that we've heard on what apple should or should not do with its big cash order it all focuses on you know, now that Apple has that money, let's look at it from from that side. But I think it's it, that it is worth talking about what happened in New Zealand and, and the UK has has complained about this too. So some other European countries all complained about Apple not reporting any profits uh, locally and not having to pay taxes on it. And despite the fact that they're doing all this business in those countries, and and I, I think that's a that's a worthy issue of of discussion, uh, even if I don't have any answers. We'll have more answers with Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, when your entire team can get together, it's amazing what can get accomplished. Projects that take weeks, decisions that take days, all done right then and there. But gathering everyone together from different locations can be time-consuming, expensive, and just plain impossible quite often. That's why we use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It makes it easy to get your entire team together online. With GoToMeeting, you share the same screen, so you stay on the same page. And built-in HD video conferencing makes your online meetings just like being in the same room. We love GoToMeeting. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, neighbors, use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
Want something different from your detox? Then you want Hemp USA's Micro Plant Powder for a full body detox. With seven formulations and eight different sizes, you will feel and see the difference. And the best part? It's only about $10 a month. Our customers love it, and we ship worldwide. Get the detox difference. Get Micro Plant Powder from HempUSA.org. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. See what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you at HempUSA.org. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Who wants to be disease-free, full of energy, and vibrant health? Two reasons you may feel constantly tired and run down could be that your body's acid level is high and your pH level is low. How does acid enter your body? A cup of coffee, a sandwich, tap water, stress, and cell phones. Plus, your own body produces acid on a regular basis. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize the water you drink and raise your pH level. They promote more oxygen in your system, higher energy potential, and many other documented health benefits. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Environment. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops is the least expensive and the best pH level product you can buy. Order AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A, Vision.com. Or call 800-518-7615. That's 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health with pH Drops from AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin is from the Mac Observer, where he's co-founder and co-publisher. And we're talking about Apple and the way Apple avoids taxes by moving around money in all sorts of sophisticated ways, which is, as someone said, that part of their responsibility in terms of their stockholders. Their stockholders want to know the taxes being kept as low as possible. But we also understand that officials in different countries are going to be upset because they look at this huge conglomerate that's doing business there, and maybe they're not paying their fair share of taxes. So can they sue Apple for this? Is this something that could be done on a legal basis? No, I, I doubt that. I mean, it would take... Another thing that I looked at in that, in that piece was um, Samsung's deal in Maynard, Texas. You know, Texas hands out billions of dollars in tax incentives to corporations to get them to either expand their operations in Texas or, or move to Texas. And Texas is a very, um, it's a great place to do business. Uh, our company, for instance, is officially incorporated in Texas. That's where Dave and I met. And um, But one of the reasons why it's so attractive is there's no income tax. And on top of that, Texas as a state works uh, very hard at providing tax incentives for companies to get them to move because the idea is these jobs come with these companies and there's going to be ec- economic growth and, and uh, activity from, from these new companies existing in Texas. 
I want to ask you one thing before you go on. That is incorporating in Texas. I always thought you'd go to Nevada or Delaware. Uh, those are certainly two options. We just happened to be in Texas when we met. Ah, okay. For, for whatever that's worth. Um, you know, today Dave is in uh, New Hampshire and, and I'm in California. So, you know, we're <laughs> met in the middle and went, went east and west. But what happened with Samsung is, is you know, they have this big plant in uh, outside of Austin uh, that makes chips mostly for Apple, coincidentally, and Samsung itself. And they got hundreds of millions of dollars in tax incentives to, to do this. And then they got more tax incentives to expand that facility. And at the same time, the state of Texas had to slash its education budget by $5.4 billion uh, in 2012. And uh, in Manor itself, the Manor Independent School District, uh, they've given Samsung this big, huge um, uh, tax deal on local school property taxes. Turns out that the classrooms in Manor are overcrowded and they've had to cut back on programs. I just I think that we need to think differently about this stuff. This pursuit of profits at the expense of everything else is going to continue to have ramifications for us um, throughout the world, and that's something that not only affects Apple, it affects all the it affects all the companies everywhere, but it also affects uh, all the communities where these companies exist. I just I, I I think this is this is an issue we should be talking about. Well, we're looking so there, therefore, the side effect of giving all these great incentives to bring industry to your state, to your city. And at the end, you're basically biting your feet off to do it. Yeah, I, I think so. What do you think? That's a good question. But I see it from both sides. You know, you live in a place and you want to know they're going to bring more industry there. And if different cities, different states, and different countries are competing to get the industry to move to their locales, what choice do they have? Right. That's the big issue. What choice do they have? It's not that they can say, oh, we're not going to do this. We're going to go about it by saying, look, we've got better education, better facilities. We can set things up for you. The company is going to expect a bribe. That's how Absolutely. the way things are done. And why shouldn't the company expect that? Exactly. So how do we change things? How do you change the <laughs> I don't culture? Know. I don't know. I, it's... At some point, the stuff's going to smack us in the in, in in the face. I mean, cutting like in Texas, cutting cutting state education budget by five point four billion dollars. That's a that's a big deal. That's going to result in less educated kids growing up. It's just it just is. Well, that's a big political issue, especially in Texas. You know, a lot of controversial things could be said about Texas and the government and the politics and the political spectrum. So, therefore, we have a place like Austin, which is a highly technological area, great place to live, I guess. But then we're back to the same situation, which is, okay, here, they're shortchanging the people, the residents of Texas, to bring more workers there. But the workers are not getting a good deal. Yeah, the workers' kids aren't getting a good deal. That's it. You want to know that your kids have good schools to go to? But how can you do it if they've squandered that advantage away? But how do they not squander that advantage if they have to compete to get the businesses? It's such a dilemma. It, it just seems like there's people who are way smarter than me and way more educated uh, that, that can be looking at this stuff. And again, especially when it comes to Apple, the focus is, is on, you know, now Apple has all this money. What's it going to do with it? And, and I, 
I, I, I just I just think that we should be looking at the process of of how some of that money was accumulated in, in Apple's international practices, along with every other company too. I'm definitely not singling Apple out. Okay, so we have Apple's 130 billion dollar stash stored in the usual offending countries, and we hope it's not Cyprus. <laughs> We really hope it's not Cyprus, because I think if you have over 100,000 euros, they'll just take it? Yeah, 40%. Something like that, okay. That's a huge haircut. So suddenly Apple says, oh, by the way, our cash stash is now $40 What (laughs) happened to the rest? Well, we put all this money in Cyprus. It was in Cyprus, yeah. There you go. I think most of Apple's money um, is pretty well known to be in the Caribbean. All right, but at least they know that that money is not going to be taken. Okay, so now if I'm a stockholder and I see Apple has all this money rolling around, I want to say do something with it. Mm-hmm. Repatriate it. Give us more dividends. Do some more R&D. Do something with it. What's the point unless they're buying a country? Right. So part of the problem with that is that if Apple does bring in that money, they're looking at 30% off the top. So there's like it's 90 plus billion that's being held uh, offshore. So let's say Apple brought in 60 billion of that uh, and kept 30 billion, uh, left that offshore to finance ongoing operations in all the other countries they do business in. So 60 billion they bring in, 30% of it goes away. That's uh, 18 billion bucks um, uh, just right off the top into the U.S. coffers. And uh, that is is upsetting it's worth a lot more when it's on the books than when it's in uncle sam's uh coffers at least in terms of apple shareholders and that's a real tough thing and apple has lobbied for uh, a tax holiday just like the rest of um uh the corporate world in america has has lobbied they they want a tax holiday to be able to to bring in some of this 1.8 billion dollars uh with at least a lower tax rate if not no taxes to to get that money back in the economy, back in the U.S. economy, and back to work. The theory being here, if they bring the money back in the future, they will pay taxes on that money. Right. Well, in Apple's case, of course, they could give out uh, money to shareholders um, as well as invest that money in, in local uh, local operations. Build more Macs in the USA. Right. Right. Brian Chaffin joining us. He's co-founder and co-publisher of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey, neighbors. Got a small business or a large company that needs to be online 24-7? Well, here's the little secret. To make sure your site is always online, you need world-class DNS service from Dyn. That's D-Y-N. For years, Dyn has been helping companies ranging from the scrappy young startup to the giant media moguls of the world with making sure websites are fast and always available and that your emails are getting delivered. D-Y-N. Get faster internet. By using Dyn for DNS, visit Dyn.com slash podcast30. Fill out the contact form or start shopping right away and save 30% by using the promo code podcast30 at checkout. 
Again, visit Dyn.com, that's D-Y-N.com, slash podcast30. Check them out today. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids, and all whey protein powders we've investigated and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Whey. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years old. When I started using One World Whey, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Brian Chaffin joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about Apple's huge financial hoard, keeping it overseas to avoid the taxes if they bring it back here. It can be expensive unless or until there's a tax holiday for corporations. And then maybe things will change. Maybe there'll be more benefits. Let's look at that very briefly. 
So sometime this year, we all expect, as Tim Cook promised, that a Mac, a new Mac, is going to be assembled in the U.S. We all assume it's going to be the successor to the Mac Pro, right? I I hope so. <laughs> uh, you've been waiting. You're sitting there with the 2008 model now waiting, right? You are exactly correct. I have an early 2008 model. That's precisely correct, Gene. Okay, let me explain. I have another radio show, as you probably know, called The Powercast about UFOs, the paranormal, mm-hmm. things that go bump in the night. Maybe I have learned a few things. Fair enough. And I'm not using remote viewing. You've heard of remote viewing, haven't you? Of course. Okay, I'm not using remote viewing to look at your home. Right now, because I know you're sitting there in your pajamas and you don't want to let us know. Exactly. You see, I'm right. I'm in trouble now. Okay. So regardless, Mac Pro, we assume that's going to be it. Do you think Apple's going to make really big changes, like totally redesign the case, maybe even change the name? Ooh, yeah. I, I don't know about the name. I, I, I don't. I don't have any skin in that particular game. I would assume the form factor will change. Apple certainly needs to change the form factor just in terms of perceptions. Uh, but also, I think that Apple can make a very powerful, much smaller device uh, with with uh, uh, current technologies, and uh, and and that I assume that they will. I, I, you know, when Tim, when was it that Tim said that, Gene? Do you remember? Oh, I think it was last year, sometime. It was like in the summer, wasn't it? Right. Well, yes, at one of the sessions, I think All Things D. It might yeah, have it was either, it was either that Walt or Mossberg. right after WWDC, one way or the other. Right. And at that point, we had to look, what is the best computer to assemble here, considering the fact that these elaborate fabrication plants they have in Asia aren't here. They have to establish them from scratch or build a larger, more modular system, right. therefore being the Mac Pro, where there's enough profit built in to allow for the slightly higher labor costs. And Apple has pretty much already invested enormous amounts of money in these manufacturing uh, processes that have been set up in Asia to make their existing iMacs and and Mac Minis. Do you agree? I would go along with that, yeah. So you don't want to reinvent the wheel. If you're going to have a brand new model setting up brand new production lines, and also consider the fact that Foxconn, has been looking into expanding its facilities in the U.S. Right. So you add the two together and you say Mac Pro. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic. Um, honestly, uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm embarrassed to say this at this point. I had thought that it may be Mac Minis that they may be moving to the U.S. Uh, and I really hadn't thought about the Mac Pro. And I think that you were entirely right. It makes the most sense, especially if you look at this long, long delay setting up new processes, a new, uh, a new factory of some sort here, uh, it all makes sense. Okay, so you can take that to the bank or cash <laughs> it in or have uh, non-sufficient funds. <laughs> it might be just non-sufficient funds. It might be, yeah. You know, that wouldn't be the first time, but we don't want to get into that. Okay, so let's look briefly at a wish list because we got a couple of more segments to do. Let's look at a wish list here. We're going to have a Mac Pro slimmer i'm thinking here because i look at the early professional macs like a macintosh 2 which weighed what more than less than half as much as the mac pro the mac pro is a big fat computer yeah so don't you think you could still have three expansion ports four hard drive bays a pair of optical drives got to have a pair of optical drives despite optical drives going away you could stick that in the case half as big 
Yeah, I think you could today, especially with the uh, lower, um, you know, e- even at Intel's high end, uh, w- the chips are smaller and they use less energy. So, that you know, at least compared to, say, my 2008 model. So um, I, I think you're right. I think they could make something a lot smaller. And then, of course, changing the form factor. And I wouldn't presume what Jonathan Ive would do. No, I wouldn't slimmer. You know, it wouldn't be the traditional tower computer. That's old-fashioned. That's 1990s. So 1990s, a tower computer. They're going to have some kind of unique shape. And it wouldn't be the flat tower computer, which is what I call a Mac 2. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's end. So it wouldn't be that. So I don't know what Apple would do. But I could see, you know, maybe a box or something. You know, yeah, like a larger cube. Of, yeah, or a larger mini. Right. You know, I wonder, I mean, like, would would, um, would Apple try to force pro users to, despite what you said, um, and, and by the way, I'm entirely in your camp, but despite what you said, push pro users away from optical drives? Would they try to push uh, pro users away from hard drives, which I, I doubt considering their investment in fusion drives? But, uh, you know, how willing is Apple going to be to try to force change in its professional base, which has historically been the least resistant to change um, of, of its customer base? I kind of think that Apple would understand that. Right now, they realize when they upset the professional customer, it causes problems. So, for example, Apple is supposedly this week making a new push to attract customers who deserted Final Cut Pro. Right. When the version 10 came out, there's a 10.0.8 update that's supposed to address a few considerations, including 4K video support, which is this new higher resolution support for TV sets. That means absolutely nothing <laughs> to anybody, so I won't get into it in more detail. The key here is that Apple is sensitive to the way they've treated professional customers, and I can't imagine with a new Mac Pro they wouldn't want to make sure that everything you expect to be in there will be in there. It'll just be slimmer. It'll be lighter. Maybe a tad cheaper. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it would be more space efficient. It seems like it would be lighter. It seems like they could, um, as you already said, they could just they could make the, the darn thing smaller, and uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. So we figure then that if it's going to happen the way you and I are predicting, and we might both be wrong, you know, what's going to happen here is that the next time he's in the Phoenix area, Brian and I will just go to a restaurant and drink over our sorrows. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't either. Okay, we'll so... Have have, we'll have to have some coffee or soda or something. Sure, coffee. We can go get a $10 Starbucks coffee or something. Excellent. I forget what they're like. I got a Circle K, ladies and gentlemen. I'm serious. It's a convenience store, and they have coffee for $1.52 that's really good. <laughs> And that's it. It's not because I'm cheap and I'm from Brooklyn. I'm one of those people. It's because of that. But seriously speaking here, okay. So we're looking here at Mac Pro by WWDC this June. There it goes. Yeah, I would think so. Okay. So we're set on that. But when's Apple going to have the next media event? Let's look at the year so far, ladies and gentlemen. We'll progress this in our next segment. We're getting close to the end of this one. So this year... Apple tweaks the MacBook Pro with Retina display, the 13-inch model being cheaper, the 15-inch being a bit faster. You know, kind of a minor refresh. They even had a press release for it. They tweaked the iPad configuration with a 128-gigabyte version. The Apple TV set-top box, not change as far as what it does or the performance. 
except they use a more power-efficient chip in it, okay? For whatever reason, they did a slight inline update. Right. doesn't make a big deal. But right now, we're doing this show at the end of March. We haven't had the requisite Apple media invitation. hasn't happened. We're expecting yes. all sorts of things here. Well, of course, they had an early introduction of the fourth-generation iPad. We are starting to look at what's going to happen now. What is Apple going to have next? Will they have an early introduction of the next iPhone? There's one reason why I'll say they won't, and you'll find out why in our next segment, okay? This is why Apple isn't rushing to get a new iPhone out, say, in May or June. We have Brian Chaffin. He is the co-founder and co-publisher of the Mac Observer. If you go to MacObserver.com, you'll see more. Of course, John Martellaro, our friend, works with him. Brian, we'll be back for another segment on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave. Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use escapeharassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law, and it works. Escape harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 That's 877-457-9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money-back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. 
How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop, creative radio ads, very affordable rates, millions of potential customers, and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So go to beyoungagain.com for a free copy of my jaw-dropping lecture. It may shock you, but it could save your life. So go to beyoungagain.com. Again, that's to beyoungagain.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg brian chaffin joining gene steinberg on the tech night owl live we were exploring the things that apple might do and I'm going to explain now why I don't think you're going to see a quick release of a new iPhone, and that is because Apple has just updated the iPhone for release for T-Mobile. They have a version that supports a different set of cellular frequencies because T-Mobile is using different bands. And part of the problem here, for example, if you use T-Mobile now and you bring an iPhone there, and you can bring it if you get your phone unlocked or you buy it unlocked, you bring it to T-Mobile, you'll find that you don't get the full performance that you expect because their highest performing frequencies are at a different band. So that's my reason for not seeing a new iPhone because Apple just updated the iPhone. They're going to then make that obsolete in May or June. They'll wait till August or September, right? Or am I just whistling in the dark here? Well, the, the funny thing, Gene, is that this is precisely the reason why I said that we would not get the Verizon iPhone before um uh before june it was announced in february that like what three years ago now yeah it was in february but then they did not introduce a new iphone until the summer so it still had like a four-month shelf life well that's that's actually a that's actually a fine point i'm very sympathetic to the reasoning that you just gave plus i don't i don't think that apple is going to start doing nine-month cycles on the iphone despite the perception that that it should do so also it's still a four-month cycle if it came out in august april may june july august so it could still happen and the other thing is apple has always introduced the next version of ios with the iphone they could change that i mean they don't do it with the ipad yes they could 
I don't. I so I I think you're right. I, we're not going to see an iPhone this summer. It it could come late summer, but it's not going to come. Uh, you know, in, in that June, that May June time frame. And I we're certainly not going to see another iPad uh, uh, right now. And we're not going to see a new iMac. I mean, heck, they just really started shipping those. Um, the Mac Mini was uh, was refreshed. Uh, uh, we had these minor updates to the Apple TV, as you already mentioned. The portable line has all recently been refreshed, and I think that that that's the reason why we haven't had that meet that March media event that we've had for the last several years. It's everything they did this fall has sort of upset that. And with the iMac, especially, they announced it in the fall, and I think they totally screwed up. The sales schedule as a result, because as soon as they announced the new iMac, people stopped buying the older iMac, which was a perfectly good computer. And through especially November and December, they couldn't really move many into the hands of customers, so Apple hurt themselves. Yeah. They're just catching up now. But let's look at T-Mobile very quickly. And the reason is because T-Mobile supposedly upsets the paradigm of a locked phone. They sell their phones unlocked, but... Even though you're getting the phone up front, it's not locked. There's no contract for your cellular service. If you're buying the phone on time, you're paying it over 24 months, so it's like getting a two-year cellular contract because you're still obligated to that payment. Right. I'm not really sure what T-Mobile is doing, to be honest. I think that they're floundering, and I... I just I feel like this this thing that they just announced with the with the with the, with the lack of the uh, the contract etc. It just seems like it's the first step towards bankruptcy. Really, that bad? Well, you see, here's the thing too. The real problem we have with T-Mobile is number one, they haven't had the iPhone, which has hurt their sales. Now they have it, or will in a couple of weeks or so. Right. Number two, their network doesn't extend as far as AT&T, Sprint, and Verizon Wireless. And it's not just the LTE rollout, because I live near Phoenix, so we're getting LTE from T-Mobile. The problem is in rural areas, their coverage is not as good. Sure. If you're traveling or you live in those areas, why do you want to go to T-Mobile? The price is a little bit less. I guess you can understand that. Yeah, and and they have historically been less. You know, Verizon treats its customers, in my opinion, poorly. Um, they all do, really. They, they all do. I think Verizon's a little bit worse at that. AT and T is is a little worse on 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 having the a solid network everywhere. Um, you know, AT and T gets dinged for that all the time. Sprint has always languished from the fact that it's simply smaller in the first place, so it has fewer resources, and T-Mobile is struggling. So this is desperation, you're saying. You're suggesting that what T-Mobile did here is they changed its pricing plan, not because it makes sense except to the marketing people, although I guess at the end of it, it's still a little bit cheaper to go to T-Mobile. But it's a matter of form over substance to get people to talk about the company once again and to hopefully stem the tide. Because right now, T-Mobile's problem is they're losing customers. But isn't that true with Sprint? Sprint was kind of losing due to customer churn for a while. Yeah, Sprint was losing customers, and, and particularly not having the iPhone was, was a real problem for them. 
And then once they got the iPhone, Sprint's real problem is that they had to they had to commit to more than they could actually move. They had to commit to a lot of iPhones, and you know that that's you know, Sprint. Sprint and T-Mobile are both in a real pickle, I think. Um, uh, and it's it's I, I think we're going to end up with having three major carriers at some point within the next five years here in the states. So and does the, Sprint merge with Verizon because their networks are compatible? We obviously know that T-Mobile doesn't merge with AT and T. They tried that. Yeah, I don't think uh, regulators are going to let Sprint go to Verizon either. Same, same, same problem. So, I mean, what Verizon do you do? Have Sprint one combined. just simply go under? Remember that yeah. T-Mobile is merging with Metro PC, right? Yeah. So, a little fish, or you know, a medium-sized fish is buying a little fish. That's not. That's not going to be. I mean, it, it is going to. It's going to result in them having a combined total of, I think, forty-two million customers. You know, maybe that'll give them the um, uh, the resources they need to continue to be competitive. You know, you you asked you asked if this change was a sign of desperation, and it may not be a sign of desperation. I'm not actually trying to to be down on T-Mobile. I, I think the the bottom line is what company besides Apple makes major disruptive changes out of anything other than desperation. You know, every other company, if they're in a position of strength, they don't change anything. Kind of like Samsung with the Galaxy S4, it's not a huge sea change. True. So T-Mobile needs to become relevant, and they've you know cleared a couple of $3 billion off AT&T because of the failed merger. They're merging with Metro PCS, a prepaid carrier, so they have this new potential lease on life. Now they've got the discussion turned towards them because most of the media commentary has been non-critical. That's very true. As a matter of fact, I don't know many T-Mobile customers that aren't happier with T-Mobile than, um, than Verizon and AT&T customers that I know. At least that's here in the Bay Area. So I don't know. Maybe this will be a good thing for them. Maybe this will give them some momentum and they'll start actually reversing that churn and and start peeling customers back from uh, the uh, their bigger competitors. Well, it's all going to be about the network, too. It's not just network quality. But you've got to look, for example, at how T-Mobile will expand the coverage in rural areas. The LTE rollout is in seven states, seven cities, actually. So where is it going to go next? It's in Houston. Mm-hmm. It's in Phoenix. It's in Las Vegas. It's in San Jose, but not San Francisco. Which is curious. Don't ask me how I remember that. You know, I was just looking. Was I'm looking at it as a viable alternative when it's time to renew my cell phone contract? Do I stick with AT and T? Currently, I have three phones on an AT and T contract. My wife, my son, which he never uses because he's not in this country very often. But the issue also is the amount of data I use, and I have one of those grandfathered unlimited data plans with AT and T, but I never use that much of it. Do I consider T-Mobile as an alternative? And now that they have the iPhone, certainly they'll have the next iPhone if I find that I add everything together. Multiple users, everything else, will T-Mobile be viable? It wasn't on my list before, before they got an iPhone. Now it's realistically on the list, which may be the saving grace there. If they can turn that into people looking at them again, if they can move a couple of three million iPhones 
In the next quarter, it helps Apple, Apple's bottom line with an aging product, but it also makes T-Mobile seem relevant and people can talk about them again in a realistic fashion. Being realistic, we have Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Brian Chaffin joins us. He's from the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. We were talking about T-Mobile, whether T-Mobile in a maneuver that may spark of desperation helps save the company. But we look then at what companies do if they're in a situation where they need to remain relevant, where things are going bad. Let's look at Samsung. Samsung isn't suffering, but when you look at, say, the Galaxy S4, didn't knock the socks off the media, did it? No, it, it didn't. You know, the, the funny thing about that announcement is that I, a company who was extremely critical of Samsung and who thought that the launch event for Samsung was unbelievably bad, I was more positive about the GS4 than the seemingly Samsung can do no wrong media was before the GS4. 
I was fascinated that that I came away from that thinking more highly of this device than all these people who had just been you know talking about how awesome the GS3 was. Well, I don't know if it's awesome. I have one, by the way. You know, it's Which? doing a long-term test, the S3, GS3. Okay. Of course. GS4, they're not sending out to the journalists. I guess a few are getting them now, but they're waiting until the individual carriers can offer them. Right. So if I want an AT&T version, then I want to use it on my own contract so I can keep it a little bit longer. What they will do is wait till those are available. It's not like if they send it to me tomorrow and it's not available from AT&T until the end of April, I go to the AT&T store and say, give me a SIM for this, and they look at the phone and say, what the heck is this? Right. You know, it freak them out. But we understand. I think it's a decent phone. I think, however, when you look at Samsung, it is telling you Android doesn't matter that much. Oh, yeah. The introduction, they barely mention Android. They didn't mention Android. They didn't mention Android or Google. Right. Who? Google what? We yeah. talk about Google Reader there, too. They they put they listed all the Google services in the uh, press release for the GS4, but they didn't mention Google services in the launch event. And that includes Google Now, which I think is the single most important feature on Android today. And they didn't even mention it. I, I think they should have been saying the GS4 is the best Google Now device on the planet. It may just be because Samsung is working on another operating system, and maybe they figure if they can get enough people working with their ecosystem, their store, their features, their software, they could just kiss Google bye-bye. It's not as if you can trust Google. It's, it's true. I, I have a slightly – I think you're entirely right, but I have a slightly more negative way to spin that. I think that oh, Google, please that, do. We'd love to spin negative if we have the opportunity. <laughs> I think that Samsung has delusions of grandeur. I think that Samsung believes that they can put out their their own ecosystem like Apple has. And I think that Samsung thinks that they've got the chops to to make that possible. And I, I believe that in those regards, Samsung is delusional. I think that Samsung thinks that that making putting out a redundant service to, to Google Translate somehow matters to anyone. And that make it offering a a voice service that is redundant to to Google's voice activations, uh, Google voice activated uh, services on Android, that 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 somehow matters. And I think that they're wrong. You know, but you the, see, the, that's part of the problem too with these phones. When you get the multiple software, like you've got AT and T software, mm-hmm. you've got Samsung software, you've mm-hmm. got Google software, and you look at that and you think, which should I use? What is this all about? I just want to get my turn-by-turn directions. If I use AT&T, I pay for it, by the way. you got to use Google. But that's the point. If there's redundant services, everyone loses. I completely agree, which is why one of the reasons, at least, that I love Apple's whole widget approach. I like one company having this vertical um, uh, control over its devices because I think that it makes for a more pleasing device to use. The Samsung nonsense with putting TouchWiz on top of Android and putting all these other various services that are all competing for resources on the phone, especially with some of those services being redundant, is just crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy, but I think that you're right that Samsung is is positioning itself to dump Google, to dump Android in the future, and that, like I said, they think they have the chops to do that, and they're wrong. They're the flavor of the month, I think. Uh, 
Well, you know, looking at Android in general, you have to wonder what Google thinks about this. Andy Rubin, who is Mr. Android. I mean, he was called Android. That was his nickname at Apple. Mr. Android is now another division of Google. So what is Google thinking in all this? Does Google think that maybe this isn't paying off the way we want? Maybe what we should do is just cut our losses because it's not going to kill the carriers. It's not going to kill the handset makers. They'll either roll their own OS or they'll go to Windows Phone or something. Yeah, uh, or they could just fork Android. Um, yeah, which, right, which is being done in Asia now. Yeah, it's, yeah and, and I suspect, and it's been, of course, being done by Amazon too, but I suspect that, that the very least thing that Samsung will do is fork Android because I, I, I suspect that they think that there's a future with Tizen, the uh, open source OS that's, that Samsung and Intel and some other parties are working on, I suspect nothing good is going to come out of that, and that eventually Samsung will end up forking uh, Android, and you know, trying to keep their feet in both, you know, both the Android and their own forked Android version, and it's just going to be, it's just going to be a big catastrophe. And where does that leave Google on all this? Because when you look at the situation, the only company making really decent profits from Android phones is Samsung. If right. Samsung goes away. Do you depend on HTC? Do you depend on hmm. Motorola Mobility? But then that's maybe what Google could do as a plan B. We'll just push our own phones and the heck with everybody else. Well, you know, I think I, when Google announced that they were purchasing Motorola, I was really hoping that they were going to get serious about being a whole widget and that they were going to, um, you know, work very, very closely with the Motorola hardware people and, and just make some great Android devices because I think that, that would end up pushing Apple the most. And, you know, instead they've they've been over backwards to not help Motorola and that doesn't make any sense to me either. And uh, it, it the whole thing is just weird. And, and it's extra weird, you know, Google isn't making money on Android. They're not making money on mobile search. But they are making better profiles of you and me based on the mobile data that they get from any Google services we use. And of course for Android devices, that's just about everything. And that money does still translate into having better profiles so that they can slice and dice those profiles and sell us to the highest bidder. Um, You know, which is why they want Android in the first place. It's not about hardware profits. It's about eyeballs. It's about eyeballs and it's about data. It's about knowing who we see. It's about knowing who we visit. It's about knowing where we shop. It's about knowing what we're looking at. It's about, you know, it's just about knowing everything about it. It's about, (laughs) it's the corporate version of 1984, in my opinion. It's really, really scary, but that's another issue. Well, Apple could advertise against that. But you see the difference, obviously, with iOS. You can say, well, Apple forces you to do something with their ecosystem, but not entirely because Say I buy an iPhone 5, and I don't like Maps, although Maps is getting better. I'm not stuck with Maps. I'll go get Google Maps. Right. I'm not stuck with it. I can do things as an alternative. That's where I put in further investigation and work. But with Samsung and other Android handset makers, it's the kitchen sink approach, where they throw everything at you from day one. You start the phone, you've got all this junk all these products and services, and maybe people like that. But I think especially with a smartphone where you have limited resources, you don't have a lot of time to play games and set these things up, it doesn't help the user. You know, is make a choice. Decide what you want to give me 
and I'll decide if I want to buy it or not. Here you're saying, we're giving you everything. You make the choice what you want to use. And, of course, what happens is here is that people may just look up and disgust and say, why am I bothering? Why am I doing this? And then we have to look also at the way the media wants to predict what Apple's next product is going to be, like a cheap iPhone or an iWatch. That's what we'll discuss in our final segment with Brian Chaffin. He is the co-publisher and co-founder of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic any time. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey water filtration systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. 
Gardeners, here comes another growing season, but don't use last year's soil. Maximize yields in your survival garden with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 is an organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant that provides a broad spectrum of beneficial microorganisms, enzymes, trace minerals, vitamins, and various organic acids. EM1 helps regulate the soil's pH level and its soil microbes, improving moisture retention and drought tolerance. Remember last year's dry conditions? EM1 from Terraganics is safe, chemical-free, and certified for use on all organic farms. It improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, and gives up to 20% more nutrient value in fruits and vegetables and greatly increases shelf life. And EM1 is so simple to use, just mix with water and apply. This year, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joining us on the Tech Night Out Live for one more segment. We talked about mobile platforms, about Apple and avoiding taxes on their cash hoard. And now let's look at something else, which is every time or quite often when Apple is rumored to have a product, other companies try to trump them. So in 2010, at the Consumer Electronics Show, you had all these companies with tablets that mostly disappeared when the iPad came out. 2011, 2012, more smart TVs, 4K TVs, all this stuff in anticipation of Apple's alleged smart TV, iTV, whatever. Hasn't come out yet. Now it's the iWatch. Samsung is working on a watch. Apple may have 100 engineers on a watch, or maybe not. And Google's working on a watch. Oh, and HTC is working on a watch. Everybody's working on a watch that's doing this preemptive run around Apple. So what is Apple going to do? Is Apple going to ignore them? Or is there an iWatch in our future? One of the things, uh, I I wrote just a little, uh, just a a throwaway line at the end of another column saying that it would be very funny if Apple deliberately leaked the iWatch rumors just to to watch everybody else scramble and and spend resources on competing with a product that's not going to exist. I don't actually think that's the case. I, I, you know, with most of these rumors, especially the rumors that come out of Asia, with uh, Apple is working on this or that prototype or this or that uh, device or this or that component for a device, almost every one of those rumors has a kernel of truth. And the problem is understanding how it fits in the big picture. And that's where that's where it becomes a complete guessing game. But in this case, I think that Apple is working on some kind of uh, um, watch or otherwise wearable product that will probably be a companion piece to um, iPhone and iPad. We always assume companion piece. This is the logic I hear. And then I'm thinking of the Arm Watch or the Pebble as companion pieces for an existing mobile gadget. But why not allow it to also work separately as a phone and providing limited smartphone functionality why does it have to depend on anything else well that is a good question and it certainly doesn't have to um 
if Apple could bring a, a real Dick Tracy watch, um, phone watch to, to market uh, that actually worked and that was that was actually compelling. And I say actually here to contrast it against the phone watch that uh, Samsung put out in 1999, uh, which was a complete flop because it was ugly and stupid. Um, if Apple can do these things, it would it would certainly be a huge hit. If Apple could even do iPod Touch functionality in in a watch, that could also be a big deal too. I kind of think the phone. I think it's going to have to have a phone because I think at this point, with a smartwatch, that is the differentiation factor. And you include a Bluetooth headset so you don't have to stick the watch in your face. And forget about Dick Tracy because that's what he did. Yeah. I like where you're going with that, and I think that it could be really interesting. For some reason, I don't think it's going to have a phone built into it. But, but I hope that I'm wrong and you're right. I just think otherwise, if you make it depend on an existing peripheral, your iPhone, mm-hmm. your iPad, you're reducing functionality and making people less likely to adopt it. I think you've got to make it standalone. It could still mate with your iPhone or your iPad to get more data or something or exchange data. But it should be able to work on its lonesome. Yeah, again, I like where you're headed with that. I I, I just don't, I think we would have heard some physical rumors coming. You know, so of course Apple's supply chain is, is huge and complex and, and that's why we have, we have so many rumors. So there's just so many companies and people working on uh, various products and Apple's always having prototypes made up to to test things and, and that sort of stuff. That's that's why we hear so much uh, about these things. I think if Apple's watch product had a built-in phone, a built-in radio, I th- I think we would have heard that, and, and that's that's really the only reason why I don't think we'll see it. But but I, I can't fault your logic. I think your logic is is outstanding. If it's going to happen, of course, it has to be submitted to the FCC for mm-hmm. certification. So that's at why that we heard point, about the iPhone so early. That's why the iPhone was out so early. So yeah. if there's going to be an iWatch this fall, Apple would have to hold a media event maybe three months earlier to say, "Look yeah, what six. we have," and now it's going to be out in September or October, but we're announcing it now because you'll hear about it anyway. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you with that, that if it's going to be a phone, it has to be certified at a particular point in time. But then again, you sometimes wonder if these hints are being dropped to spook the competition. Yeah. We don't know what Apple's going to do. We know Apple is saying they got great products in store for us coming in 2013. We're almost at April. Where are they? All right. Where are they? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you wear a watch? I do. I have worn a watch since I was maybe 10 years old. Are you uh, still a mechanical guy? Sometimes. a digital watch? It's Uh, a mechanical-looking watch with a digital back end. Works on a battery. Uh, I've got a a Zenith mechanical watch. I love my watch. I'm a watch guy. But you and I are crazy because a lot of people aren't. Well, yeah, but watches have made a big comeback. Of course, you know, it could be faddish. And and certainly the economic downturn had a negative effect on the luxury watch market. But, you know, my question is, guys, guys like you and me, I know that I know the kids There aren't a lot of kids that are wearing watches. But, you know, you and I are, are, are certainly older than the kids out there. Are we going to dump our mechanical watches for an iWatch? Would you? You know, I have to think about that. 
I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. I guess if they send me one to review, I'll look at it. But I don't know if I'll just dump my watch as a result of that. I mean, my watch is digital only in the sense of the back end because it's convenient to have it that way. There's no other reason. Mm -hmm. I could just as well have an all-digital watch, but I'd like to look at analog dials. My car has analog dials. I know some people get cars with digital dials. I never got into a digital speedometer. I had a car, I think, back in the 1980s with a digital speedometer, and I said no. See, that ages me, folks. Yeah. That I had anything in the 1980s. And my son, who is now 27 years of age, he does not have a watch, as far as I know, unless he's changed something, unless he'll come home from Spain this year and say, Dad, look at this, I got myself a watch. No, he's not going to do that. So the key is here, I think, if Apple wants to sell this thing, they've got to have something that the kids are going to embrace. And the kids say no. That's going to kill a very huge part of the market. I, I play poker. A lot of the, the internet poker kids in particular, the, the, the guys who are making a lot of money, the, the real, real mathematical whiz kids. Hey, we have to send you on your way with Elvis from the building. Tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find me uh, every day at the Mac Observer. It's MacObserver.com. And my personal blog is at GeekTales.com. You can find me on Twitter, TM O'Brien, and uh, I'm Geek, GeekTales on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram yet. They're not going to put me on Instagram. I think they'll prohibit me. I'm too old. (laughs) Anyone over 400 years doesn't work. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. The Get Prepared Expo is coming. Coming. Practical advice. Affordable solutions. The biggest and best preparedness expo in the USA. Over 175 seminars and exhibits. Water, food, shelter, guns, ammo. Prepare to survive now. Meet GCN's Vincent Finelli. Get Prepared Expo. Cowan Civic Center, Lebanon, Missouri. Saturday and Sunday, April 6th and 7th. Discount $8 passes and $15 weekend passes available now at GetPreparedExpo.com. 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 Com. Com.
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeant e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it, it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Joe Wilcox. He's from Beta News, and we've got lots of provocative things to talk about. But first, there was a story this week that you ran about, I guess, the influx of DDoS attacks. Now, explain to our listeners what that means, because it's something serious. (laughs) <laughs> well, basically, uh, somebody floods an Internet site with traffic uh, such that uh, no, no one else can get to it. Uh, that, that's, I guess, uh, the simplest way to describe it. Distributed so, uh, denial of service attack. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, DD, DDoS, distributed denial of service attack. The, the point is to flood the site with so much traffic, uh, sometimes they'll use uh, uh, botnets to do that, compromised uh, computers to send out requests so that the website uh, is just so, web server is just so overwhelmed uh, that it can't handle the load and no one can get to it. So uh, we're seeing more of this, you're saying, because I know we've seen this on our web server from time to time, where it gets kind of right. flooded, slows down. Sometimes the traffic is so heavy, it just knocks us offline. So where well, we are we ha- seeing it become worse? 
we're seeing it uh, become a lot worse. I mean, uh, we've got some stuff going on in the last couple of days, and I guess we can talk about that. Uh, But before that, uh, Gardner uh, warned in uh, February and IDC that we're going to see an increasing number of these attacks uh, this year. A lot of them are targeted at financial institutions, and the purpose there is, is really to distract the IT folks to get them dealing with this crisis while the hackers are really after something else. Uh, We know that uh, Wells Fargo was under attack this week. The uh, payment site, which one is that here? Uh, By the way, while he's looking that up, we're doing this show on a Thursday afternoon. Our listeners are hearing it on a Saturday. This may be history or it may still be going on. You never know. (laughs) Uh, Dwolla, D-W-O-L-L-A, as we are doing the interview they are under a, a DDoS attack right now. The end game here, if they're flooding the servers and then getting all the people in the IT department to try to mitigate this to reduce the problem, what's the end game? Is it to take over people's accounts? Well, there are lots of there, there are lots of potential end games. I mean, some of the uh, some of the the attacks are mischief uh, because the tools are are so easy to use. Uh, others are criminal. Uh, where they're trying to to get at something, and again, with the, in the case of a, of a bank, uh, the attack may be a distraction while they could be doing something uh, somewhere else altogether, uh, unexpected on the network. Could even be inside. I mean, who, who knows where? But the point is, the IT is looking at this crisis where you know Wells Fargo, Bank America, you know Citibank, whoever is down. Uh, meanwhile, the, the the bad guys are going after something else. Uh, also, uh, there can be attempts to, uh, uh, to, to to actually break in and, and get into uh, databases and whatever and actually steal uh, information. But even just keeping a site offline can be uh, an advantage to somebody. Uh, I don't want to point fingers, but competitors might, might have reason too. You know, if you can knock out uh, someone else's website, keep them offline, that could be good for your business. It creates issues of distrust. You know, oh, I can't get to my bank. Uh, is my stuff safe? And then uh, you get an offer from another institution or your uh, local savings alone, and you start thinking, maybe I should you know, go, go somewhere else, take my business somewhere else. The point is, there could be lots of different motivations for this. The point being here that it's gotten worse, and I might as well get into that. We've had these attacks for years. At mm-hmm. this point, are there ways to cope with these attacks? Well, again, there are companies that sell different solutions that will do that for you, will help you to protect yourself. Uh, if you're a business, uh, you can try to distribute uh, your server load uh, different places and hope that uh, that will help you. Um, using different service providers certainly can, can do something for you. Uh, but as we've seen in attacks against uh, operations like you know Amazon, Amazon Web Services, where a lot of people use them to provide their cloud service, you know, an attack there can take down uh, thousands or tens of thousands of businesses. We have an example for this particular instance of GoDaddy, which is the world's largest web host, and they recently had problems with their servers in Europe. And we're talking right. about a major multi-billion dollar corporation here that specializes in web services. I mean, there's only so much you can do. I mean, you know, think about a flood, okay? You know, you, you know your house is a, is a fortress. 
uh, you know, you live in uh, a, you know, a castle with a moat. If a flood with uh, that's, that's fast enough rushing and uh, high enough, the waters are high enough, it, it's, it's going to, it's going to breach the walls and, and flood your property. And, and that's, that in a way is what these uh, attacks are. It's just more traffic than the site could possibly handle under, under any circumstances imaginable. Now we have all these firewalls from different companies such as Cisco. We have software firewalls that do this too. And I won't mention what we use to mitigate DDoS on our web servers because somebody will be listening and somebody will try to find a way around <laughs> it. So of course you can't reveal security. But we've had security firms hardening the server and everything else. The key being here is that if there's no real defense and the attacks get worse, what do these companies do? Is there another way to handle this? Well, again, you just have to start showing up your weak points. The problem is we have an increasing number of weak points. Um, you know, you can, you can protect your network as much as you can, okay? Uh, but you still allow applications to access the Internet, and, uh, you know, HTTP can be a, 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 a basically a freight entrance you know, into your, your business or your home. And so as people are uh, using more and more cloud services, and we see a lot of that with people bringing their devices to work and you know, the more mobile apps stuff, they become many, many more attack venues besides the, the firewall. But again, DDoS is going to overwhelm, you know, uh, you know, just about anyone because of, you know, it's just, it's a flood. It's a flood of traffic into your server. It can only handle, you know, you only have so much computing power on the server. Uh, it can only handle so much. Now, I guess what these firewalls do is when they see repeated contacts from the same IP address, for example, right. that's one way they'll use to fight it by blocking that but if it comes from a hundred different or a thousand different ip addresses which would theoretically represent different computers it becomes that much more difficult oh but it, but it becomes even more difficult okay th let's look at again wells fargo we don't know what exactly happened with their situation but since they had an attack this week let's let, let's talk about them so wells fargo right wells fargo being one of the top three banks in the u.s right so um, Wells Fargo uh, gets a DDoS attack. Um, and let's say, hypothetically, the uh, attacker is using a botnet. Tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands com of computers around the country and around the world. So you start blocking IP addresses, you may be blocking IP addresses for legitimate customers. So it's a matter of balance, and then how do you balance it? But the picture I'm getting from you, and we're going to have to wrap this section and get to the next segment in a moment, the picture I'm getting from you, Joe Wilcox, is rather discouraging, which is the attacks are getting worse and worse. Obviously, all these companies are working harder and harder to fight this, but at the end of the day, a number of concerted attacks could bring down American industry. Yeah, I mean, um, and we saw that, um, uh, what is it, a couple weeks ago, and was it South Korea, where the banks were under attack there, and presumably from the north? I mean, you know, that's what, um, I, I guess that's what our government is looking, our different governments are looking at, you know, what about, you know, cyber attacks on a grand scale, um, designed to take down government or commerce, or even, you know, huge sections of the internet. So we're getting to a point here, where... 
obviously, instead of using guns and ammo and soldiers, the wars of the 21st century will be fought online. And obviously, it's a lot cheaper. You don't have to worry about people <laughs> dying or people being hurt. You don't have to worry about munition supplies. You just have to worry about taking control of enough computers. Joe Wilcox of Beta News joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave. Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use escapeharassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law, and it works. Escape harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 9009. That's 877-457-9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money-back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. You've heard about our MRE Smorgasbord. Now, Long Life Food Depot introduces the most unique, safe, and longest-lasting way to stash emergency food, the Eat Pod. Most survival food products recommend an ideal storage environment, including low temps, low moisture, and low oxygen. If you're storing in a basement too humid, garages and attics too hot, but the waterproof, double-walled, high-density polyethylene patent-pending Eat Pod is a unique roll-away food bunker that creates the perfect condition can be buried up to 30 feet and can keep your survival food supply safe, secure, dry, and virtually undetectable for 25 years or more. Get full details on the Eat Pod at eatpod.com, spelled E-A-T-P-O-D.com, or call 800-601-2833. That's 800-601-2833. The Eat Pod from Long Life Food Depot. Since 1983, sending real food to your real future. Alex Jones here with a message that could revolutionize health in this country. Going back about a year and a half ago, I began to learn about the incredible health effects of Longevity products. Aaron Dykes lost 92 pounds. We're going to show you some before and afters. Aaron 
break down what happened, your story. I've worked really hard with diet and exercise to try to lose weight, but I just didn't get the results. It just didn't happen. Then I saw what you were doing with InfoWarsTeam.com. I wasn't even trying to lose weight, but I got it because I wanted to feel better energy. I wanted that nutrition. Didn't even understand how that could kickstart my own weight loss goals, but the products did that for me. I found myself suddenly losing weight, more energetic, wanting to exercise, wanting to eat the right foods. And they don't even advertise it as weight loss. I want to challenge our radio listeners to go to InfoWarsTeam.com. Sign up as a distributor and get wholesale pricing discounts at InfoWarsTeam.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Joe Wilcox of Beta News. I'm Gene Steinberg here in the Tech Night Out Live. And what Joe is pointing to is the larger number of Internet attacks, I guess, from cyber criminals going after banks and governments and all sorts of things. And as I suggested, this is the warfare of the 21st century because it's not that expensive to do. You could just create some kind of computer virus and take over a few hundred thousand computers and have your will. So it sounds like the system itself needs to be changed. Well, I mean, that's what happens, right? I mean, we've seen lots of security problems over the years. You know, we've had uh, a lot of different viruses, uh, particularly in the early part of the century, that led to, uh, you know, better products. I mean, Microsoft fixed problems with Outlook and, you know, so did other, other folks with, with other messaging programs to prevent, you know, certain types of, uh, um, you know, spreading, e- uh, spreading email viruses you know, every time something new comes along, uh, you know, someone, well, something, something new uh, tries to fix it. But the problem is, is when you fix one thing, the criminals just go somewhere else. They look for another point of vulnerability. So it's like chasing a moving target. Well, because, because you're looking for the balance. See, it's like this. When you think of security, you know, if you're, uh, let's see the analogy of a shop owner, okay? You know, if you're getting, if your store is getting robbed, uh, you can, you know, uh, increase the different levels of security, uh, but there's a point where it becomes inconvenient for your business. So you put bars on the window and people can't look in at your stuff for sale. You put a buzzer on the door so that people have to hit a button before they can come in. Those become barriers to entry uh, to your business. And in some ways, these operations on the internet face the same thing. There's a lot they could do to make things even more secure. But at some point, it becomes very difficult for people to get to the websites, get to the content. And so there, there, there is that balance of, of trying to maintain the convenience and accessibility while keeping uh, the security at a level that it, it keeps the bad guys at bay. So there's no immediate end to this, no immediate reduction. We're just so going to have to confront this stuff until some smart engineer out there working on a kitchen top or in a garage invent some new way to fight this once and for all, or at least temporarily until the next invasion occurs. Qualifying that I'm not a security expert, I agree. We'll go for that. All right. Just this week, T-Mobile announced their improvements, and they are, of course, going to be adding the iPhone and changing the contract. And you're telling me, as far as you're concerned, as an AT&T customer, if you move to T-Mobile, you save plenty of money. So is this the move that you're going to make? Uh, it's the move I'm going to make. 
Um, how much money you save depends upon the individual and their situation. With with the phone situation that I have, uh, there's definitely you know, savings. Uh, the way the do you want to explain how this all works? Uh, their, you might as well plan? because we've already talked a little bit about T-Mobile's change in their subsidy or non-subsidy policies, the fact that they have unlocked phones for sale, all this stuff. We discussed that in our previous segment, but maybe you can explain in more detail how this affects your billing and why it's a better prospect for Joe Wilcox. Okay. Not to repeat too much, but uh, with T-Mobile, you're basically paying full price for the phone and uh, you're paying it you know, over you know, X number of months um, with a deposit up front and, uh, you know, versus paying a subsidized price and being bound by a contract. But what really makes it interesting, and for and I say exciting, is the actual rate plan that there's in place. So the basic thing is, if you are getting a family plan, five phones like I have, your first phone per month uh, is fifty dollars. The next phone is thirty dollars, and then after that, they're ten dollars each. That gets you unlimited talk, unlimited text and unlimited data with a caveat. Right. The first, first 500 megabytes are, um, uh, are at the high speed, and then everything after that is at the 2G speed. So it's unlimited with, uh, with, a, with a, uh, some throttling thrown in there. To increase your internet, uh, you can get, uh, for each additional line, you can add another 2 gigabytes. That gives you 2.5 gigabytes for $10 per month. Is that per uh, phone or just overall? Uh, that's per phone. Okay. So therefore, so, with five phones, you want to get that additional data, it's going to be $50. Uh, correct. And they also have, uh, and that also includes tethering. So you can tether your uh, some other device, you know, laptop or whatever. They also have an unlimited uh, option, which, is, which does not include tethering, and that's $20 a month. So, um, so that's your basic, basic right there. So for five phones, you're looking at, uh, what do we got here? Uh, 80, I guess a hundred, $110 a month plus data. That's $160 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text and, uh, unlimited data, but high speed through 2.5 gigabytes. That's pretty good. If you look at what AT&T offers, um, we do some of the math here. Um, it's complicated, the, by the way. You sometimes sure. have to take an aspirin first before you do this. The, the AT&T stuff is very complicated. Um, the plan that I'm on, we have the 10 gigabyte shared plan uh, for the whole family, uh, which costs $270 a month. After tax, it's about 295 I tried to downgrade recently to the 4 gigabyte plan, and then the representative told me it's the same price. Two hundred and seventy dollars a month. <laughs> Can you spell duh? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very tiered, uh, and then under that they have uh, the minute per minute plans, which I, I force you to kind of you know go up. the The cheapest per minute plan is fifty nine ninety nine a month. That's for five hundred and fifty minutes. Each line is nine ninety nine, but you can only put three lines on. So, uh, and if you have like a smartphone, you're looking at a minimum of $20 extra per month for 300 megabytes. 
Uh, and if you want that three gigabytes, it's 30 uh, bucks a month. So it adds up really fast. So <laughs> you see where this is going, right? That, the way these kind of two compare. Well, it's kind of almost an apples-oranges comparison. You have to go through some very complicated things to make it happen. All right. So from a financial standpoint, depending on usage patterns, if you use a lot of data, you have to consider that. From your vantage point, you're going to switch to T-Mobile. It saves you a lot of money. The second right. question I have, though, and that's the first question, the first answer. The second question is network quality. So it's not just getting a cheaper price. You want to know that where you live and the places you go to, which is very important, you're going to get decent network quality. It's going to be equal or better than what you have now. So how does it stand with T-Mobile where you are? You're in Southern California, right? Yeah, where I am, where I live, the T-Mobile is better than AT&T. Um, when we're talking on AT&T, people complain that the call breaks up. They can't understand anything that we say from my apartment. With T-Mobile, it's much better. Uh, also, the phones that I have are all HSPA+, which T-Mobile supports and AT&T doesn't. So that means about the maximum download speed I get uh, from the data network is about three and a half um, megabits uh, per second from AT&T. And from T-Mobile, you know, I could get uh, very comparable to LTE, you know, 15, uh, uh, 15 uh, even, you know, up to 42 depending on the circumstances. By the way, there's something that we haven't discussed. There's one other thing here with the T-Mobile uh, pricing that I'd like to go back to. Sure, let's do that. And we're running to the end of this segment, so we'll continue in the next segment. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, it has to do with uh, the, the price of the phones because you're right. paying for the phones up, up front on a monthly basis. So that adds to your phone bill too. So, in the case of the iPhone, it's ninety nine ninety five upfront, and then twenty dollars a month for twenty four months. So you have to tack that onto your bill as well. So if you have to buy a lot of phones, T Mobile still comes out a little uh, comes ahead comes out ahead of or comes out lower than AT and T. It's not as much. In my case, we have three phones that we'll bring with us, and we'll buy two iPhones. So that'll add another $40 to the bill, but we're not paying for the three phones that we already have. Okay, we understand that. And this, of course, is a substantially kind of complicated area. And I think everyone who wants to make a decision about which cell phone provider to use, you have to consider you're buying new phones, you're using existing phones. What are the companies that you like in terms of smartphones going to come out with? There's an iPhone 5 now. When will the iPhone 5S or 6 be out? What about the Samsung Galaxy S4? You have to look into a lot of considerations. We'll go into more of that in our next segment. We have Joe Wilcox. He is the managing editor over at Beta News. That's betanews.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective, alternative, and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. Welcome back to the Get Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Of Joe Wilcox of Beta News, we started the discussion talking about the increase in DDoS or cyber attacks on web servers around the world. I know we've had some, so I know what he's talking about, and I don't like it one bit. And every day we get email from our firewall about attempted attacks from all around the world, United States, China, India, Pakistan, Russia. I'm surprised about America, but then, you know, maybe they're just faking that. All right, let's go to (laughs) T-Mobile. Now, what T-Mobile is kind of doing here is they're separating the charge for the phone from the contract from the price. There's no contract. You can buy them month to month. If you don't like them, goodbye. But you're buying the phone either up front or you're getting an installment plan. Now, if you change your phone every two years... It doesn't make much of a difference because right now with a subsidized plan, you pay up front and you pay a monthly fee that includes the price of the phone. The difference is because T-Mobile's unbundling it and making them separate. When you pay for the phone after two years or whenever you decide to pay it off, it's yours. It's not a question of early termination fees. It's like a loan. You owe that amount of money. That's where it is. With these other companies... Even if you upgrade, of course, if you upgrade phones every two years, it doesn't matter. But if you decide to keep a phone for more than two years, you get a basic phone that serves your needs, you keep it until it drops. Right. You're still paying that subsidized fee. They're still collecting the fee. It's like that $20 a month he pays for his iPhone. After 24 months, he pays it off. 
But if you go to AT&T, whatever they factored into your contract for that iPhone, you pay it forever. And that's a huge difference. So what it means is that after 24 months, your bill goes down with T-Mobile, but it stays the same with with AT&T. All right. So the obvious question then, if you like the plan, you like the price, go for it if they give you good service. You're getting good service where you live problem with T-Mobile is that I gather in rural areas, they don't do as well. Their LTE rollout is very limited. So right now it's in seven cities around the country. It's not in Southern California. It's in San Jose. It's in Houston. It's in Phoenix. It's in Las Vegas. Interesting about Las Vegas. So it's being rolled out. Supposedly by the end of the year, it will cover a population centers of 200 million. So it'll be comparable. But for the time being, you may live in a city where you don't get LTE. Doesn't matter. Okay. As long as you live in a city that supports uh, the HSPA Plus and you have one of the phones uh, that supports it, and of course, T Mobile uh, sells phones that do, uh, you can get up to 42 megabits per second, which is absolutely you know, uh, LTE kind of, kind of speed. So, in the real world, of course, if your website comes up pretty quick, it doesn't matter if it's 10, 20, or 40. It's only really right. when you're downloading complex content that the additional speed counts for anything. Correct. Okay. So where you are, it's good. And i tell you what, it's tempting to me. Let me be honest with you, neighbors. My iPhone contract with AT&T runs out late this year. There's going to be a new iPhone then. That's, I think, the last contract we have on this plan. So the decision I'll have to make at that particular point in time is, do I go to T-Mobile, ditch AT&T? We have to decide. We'll have to. Why wait? I mean, we're, we decided not to. We're gonna, well, I still have uh, the early off. termination fees. If I switch from T-Mobile now, my iPhone is locked. I have to pay them an early termination fee to unlock it. So I have that additional right, fee. Right, but you said your, contact, or your contract runs out at the end of the year, right? Because right. Uh, AT&T... The um, that e- that early t- that ETF um, goes down by the month. So maybe uh, at the, the point in time that I'm ready to switch, if it's down to a lower level, that makes sense. If I'm saving twenty to forty dollars a month, say I don't have five right. phones, I'll have three, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I could say, well, all right, for one month I'll pay an extra forty, fifty dollars, whatever it is, get rid of AT and T and move over. You have to look at that cost, not just the cost of the phone, but the cost of getting rid of your current carrier. Right. We'll be ahead after two months. That's how I figure it. Okay. Okay. We'll have to analyze this and see how it works. I suppose also that the purchase by T-Mobile of Metro PCS gives them more spectrum to deal with. That, that's my understanding. And uh, I'm, not as, I'm not familiar enough with uh, Metro uh, uh, PCS to talk about it's all of its business. And uh, so I don't want to go down there you know, too far. But, yeah, that's my understanding. Right. Well, if there are more pipes for your stuff, it makes a difference. So we'll see how it works, and we'll make a decision. But it's nice to have that advantage. And you think, though, if T-Mobile didn't do this, they'd be almost history in terms of having relevance. Right now, they've been losing customers every quarter, probably because the iPhone was not on their network. Now they've changed things around. They may have real prospects now. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they'll give us Sprint a run. A run. I mean, it looks like... From the numbers, iPhone hasn't done as well for Sprint as uh, the carrier had hoped, and of course, number Sprint number three. And uh, I'm not sure 
uh, what T-Mobile looks like after the merger in terms of uh, its size compared to Sprint, but must be a lot closer. Let's move on to some other topics. Now, I don't know if this is an area that you want to cover or not, but one of your other writers there wrote about Google Fiber. If you live in Kansas City and thereabouts, right, get, right, you get internet service, TV service, everything, gigabit downloads. Awesome for incredibly low prices. And to give you a comparison about the speeds you get, here in the Phoenix area, Cox Communications, which is the local cable provider, and they're out of Atlanta. They serve a number of cities. They're one of the smaller cable providers, though, compared to the others. They offer a service called Ultimate with 150 megabits down, I think 20 up or something like that. So that's pretty good, and you pay 100 bucks a month. But Google, it's like sticking a gigabit switch on the Internet. <laughs> I mean, it sounds awesome, but it's only in a small part of the country, Kansas City and environs. So is this just a test that will never expand to the rest of the country? It seems to me if you have to lay fiber to everybody's home, it's going to cost tens and tens of billions of dollars. And even with their service over at Verizon, they've kind of slowed down. So I can talk a little bit about this. I mean, uh, Verizon is, is, I guess, is critical, is the, uh, was the, his critical example. Uh, that Fios uh, hasn't worked out as well uh, as the company had hoped. Uh, when I was lived on the East Coast, I was actually one of the first Fios customers. Uh, it came early to my neighborhood. And uh, it was a very complex installation. Uh, took took five or six people about four hours oh. uh, to bring to bring the fiber into the home from the pole. And that was after they had wired, you know, the um, you know the whole you know whole area. And so this is not just bringing it there the first time. This is wiring it. And I guess you basically explain what the problem is. It's horrendous to set these things up. Yeah, I mean they either they either have to um, to to run on the wires on the existing uh, phone poles, which you can understand that the phone company is not too excited about you know sharing that space, uh, or dig or dig uh, underground. Uh, either way, uh, you face all kinds of issues because there's regulatory, which uh, can be you know county to <laughs> you know county to county. Um, yeah, sometimes you know town to town uh, that they have to deal with trying to get this this fiber you know uh, uh, laid. And um, however they want to bring it in, and so it's very costly. It's very very time consuming. The service is great. I mean, I, we loved FiOS. We had the TV service and the internet was super fast. The the, the TV was you know crystal clear and really um, an exciting upgrade from uh, Comcast uh, cable, which is local provider. But also, it, it, you know, it's it's it means putting down putting down the the, the fiber. So it's become such an expensive process and such a time-consuming process that the cost of acquiring a customer may not be worth it, which is one reason not to keep the rollout of the service. Plus, of course, you get into areas that are not as well populated. The initial cost of just the support structure before you get to the homes is also hideous, and that's another reason. It doesn't scale up very well, especially in areas and cities where... Verizon doesn't have a presence for its traditional telco service. We have Joe Wilcox of Beta News, and we've moved our discussion here to the potential for Google Fiber, looking at Fios to see what the issues might be. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is John O'Toole with Midas Resources, Gold and Silver Company. We have all heard of Rand Paul warning of an intimate currency crisis as a result of reckless spending on Capitol Hill and endless wars overseas. But what are we doing to prepare for it? China, India, and numerous other countries are buying up gold and silver by the ton because they know what's really going on. Don't you think it's time you do the same thing before it's too late? Call me, John O'Toole, today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 133, and find out why gold and silver have been the true safe havens for over 5,000 years. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 133. I'll send you a booklet highlighting 10 reasons why gold and silver are the only way to preserve your purchasing power. Again, that's 1-800-686-2237, extension 133. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze-dried guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or or seven-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. Is this the year you finally get serious about your family's drinking water? If so, keep listening for a special offer from Big Berkey Water Filters. Did you know that over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated? Berkey Water Filters distinguish themselves from many other filtration systems with the capability to significantly reduce dangerous chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, and disinfection byproducts from municipal water via the Black Berkey and PF line of filters. Then there's affordability. At only 1.7 cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify treated and untreated water, even stagnant pond water. Stop and think how much money you could save by simply 
reducing buying bottled water and using water filtered by your Berkey water filter. No need to be constantly replacing expensive filters with a Berkey. A single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. Choose the best size Berkey for your needs at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And right now, all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Just call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Free shipping on every order over $50. Big Berkey Water Filters for the love of clean water. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Just to ask before we go on with Joe Wilcox, where you live now, we certainly don't want to know the address because the hackers are lurking out there, and that is whose service do you have and what kind of performance? Um, I have uh, AT&T Uverse. We've had it here since February uh, 2008, and I have uh, 24 MIPS, which is as fast as they uh, offer. But I did want to say something, something else about Google Fiber, if I may. Well, that's what we want to get into, but I wanted to first understand what you have and what you had to suffer for, because Fios can get you 100 or so or more. Now you're down to 24, and then we'll go into Google Fiber. <laughs> it's the pain of living on the West Coast. I, 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 I miss my, my East Coast haunts. <laughs> you don't have Cox where you are. I know in some cities. Uh, we, we do have Cox, but it's not as fast. I think they do have that uh, $100 deal, but it's, um, I don't think it's as... Uh, 150. All right. It's only recent in Phoenix. It's 150, so maybe you'd be lucky. Okay. So with Google Fiber, is it the same kind of thing, laying fiber to the home, the same problems that Verizon confronted with Fios? Uh, I think it is here. But what if that's not Google's goal? What if um, the work that's being done here is a, a beta test for, the, for somewhere else? It's a big planet. There are a lot of emerging markets where there isn't a lot of infrastructure yet, where laying fiber could be the first connected technology for a lot of places. And if Google got in at the ground floor with the technology, its brand, and use that as a, as a way to encourage people to, to, to connect to its services first, see where I'm going with this? Right. So this is basically just a test pattern, but they're doing it in a mid-sized city where they can see all the issues and see what the issues are and then decide to bring it elsewhere. But if you go to developing world, the cost of rollout's got to be horrendous. Well, yes and no, but somebody's got to do it. If you're the one that does it, then you have the key infrastructure for the future. Does so Google while, have that resource, though? That's what partners are for. You don't do it all yourself. In other words, you work out the kinks here. You understand what it takes to do it. Because even there, I mean, Google must be contracting these, out, these services out to somebody. So you find out what it takes to do it, and then you take your plan to you know whatever country uh, or region, and say we're gonna we're gonna connect you, you know really connect you to the internet. We're gonna change the lives of your people. This is what it's gonna cost. This is what we need from you in terms of support or you know tax deductions, you know credits, whatever, and you know make magic happen. So we're looking here as this being a test bed where they find the efficiencies in laying something down from scratch that never existed before and see what they could do. But what if a local cable provider came to Google and says, you know what, we've got this structure, this is as fast as we can go. 
We'd like to go faster, but we can't do it. We'd have to start from scratch, maybe partner with them in this country to bring it out. But there it's about, I guess, the return of the investment. You know, how much do you want to invest? It would be the same problem in another country unless the country itself, the governments, help finance this. Well, that's my thinking, is yes. that you get a lot of local support. So, you know, here, I mean, it's... It's all about making an investment with the with the intention of reaping in the future. That's clearly what Verizon hoped to do with FiOS. You know, I think they they they've encountered a lot of difficulties, achieve, you know, achieving their goal, and they just you know aren't anywhere where they had planned to be. Early. So my, that's my understanding. You know, for the, answering your question, going back to the question, for a lot of cable providers, what they provide over their existing network is good enough. If they can deliver high definition video and you know for the cable television and high-speed internet isn't that enough i mean how fast does it need to be but the other issue of course is that if you look at the growth patterns they flatlined you know the satellite providers are getting a little more traffic for tv the cable providers are not signing up lots of people so you're at a point where if you have a new internet customer you'll get some some business but it's not like it used to be and a company today has no incentive to make things much better because in most cities, there is no competition. Like you say, you have AT&T, U-verse, you have Cox. Where I am, I have Cox and I have CenturyLink. Mm-hmm. There's no third player because all they're doing is buying broadband from these companies. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that you, so when, when you have a mature market like this for a service like this that's connected to the home like this, your best strategy is customer retention. It, co- it costs more to get new custo- acquire new customers uh, than anything else. So you want to keep, you want to satisfy those that you have. You want to hold on to them. And you want to sell them bigger, more expensive services, hoping they'll sign up. So, for example, yeah. a lot of the cable providers now are offering this whole house system. So it used to be, this is an example, DirecTV has added this, so has Dish Network, Cox has added it where you can record more than two shows at a time and watch a third show. used to be with these DVRs, you could record two shows and watch a third pre-recorded show. Or you could watch one show live, have it record another show. That's the way it used to work. It's like having two tuners on your TV. But now these new systems can record up to five shows. So that means you can watch one live and four others. So say there are four shows or five shows running at the same time that you want to watch for delayed viewing. I'll give you an example of this. So, for example, at the same time, on Monday nights, we have NBC has Revolution, the sci-fi drama, okay? ABC has Castle, the comedy mystery show. And CBS has Hawaii Five O, the remake of the 1960s, 70s TV show. Three shows. Up till now, what was the option? You had to give up one. But with the new systems... You can record all three or watch one and record the other two. Yep. But that's a way of retaining customers. That's customer retention. And then now newer systems allow you to stream those shows where you have one DVR that serves the whole family, and you can stream that recorded show to the different boxes in the, in the home. They're adding more HD channels, uh, again, to, uh, to get uh, the satisfied customers and hold on to them. And we also have this climate where younger people are not signing up to these services. What they do is they go to Netflix, they go to iTunes, they go to Hulu or Hulu Plus, and they get their low-cost 
TV package, just a little bit of a la carte stuff. If they watch TV at all, they'll stick an antenna on there and watch the local stations, if there are any. Yeah. We've talked about cutting the cord here. I have, a, I have Google TV, um, which recently uh, started supporting the Amazon uh, Instant Video uh, via an app, and it's just a great uh, service. With that and Netflix, if we had Hulu Plus, which they don't have, uh, we would probably cut the cord. And I might even just look at another another uh, set-top box that does. I mean, Apple TV does, Roku does. Uh, well, Apple, Apple TV doesn't support Amazon. It's have to be like a Roku, but we could uh, we could cut the cord and we might do it. Or if you have a smart TV that does it, for example, just the other day, Vizio sent us one of their new high-definition TVs, a 3D TV set for test, <laughs> and it has Amazon on it and like 20 other services. I have an Amazon Prime deal. You know, if we buy from Amazon, we have Amazon Prime, yep. which includes yep. the Amazon video. Suddenly we have free video. I haven't tried it yet. We'll have to see what it's like, and we'll report to our listeners exactly what we're getting. What we're getting is Joe Wilcox. He's the managing editor of Beta News for a couple of more segments. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Imagine waking one morning only to find your family shivering in the dark because you couldn't afford to pay your electric bill. That's closer than you think. You probably haven't heard about this yet because the liberal media has been suppressing what is fast becoming the most shocking news story of 2012. Obama's secret war on coal that could increase your already high power bill as much as 400% in coming months. As shocking as it sounds, it may well be just a matter of time before the lights start going out across America. But here's some good news. There's an underground video at Exposed123.com that thousands of smart patriots have used to end their slavery to the corrupt electricity monopoly. The video at Exposed123.com has already been banned by Google, and the liberal media is doing everything in its power to take it down and keep America in the dark. So watch it now at Exposed123.com before it's too late. Again, that's Exposed123.com. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeant e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Joe Wilcox joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We've talked so far about cyber attacks. We've talked so far about... T-Mobile and how it's changing the paradigm for subsidized pricing for smartphones. And we talked about your Internet access. Now let's talk about another mobile provider being BlackBerry. And BlackBerry has a new smartphone that's come out this month. This is the Z10. And the question here is, with BlackBerry, their financials were decent, but they sold a fraction of what the big companies sold in terms of smartphones. So does BlackBerry have it within them to save their business? You don't want to see a company go out of business. What's going to happen with BlackBerry? Well, um, I haven't looked over the financials as carefully as I'd like, but I still have a pretty good top-level understanding. So the one million Z10s, as I understand it, was considerably more than what Wall Street expected. So that's a good sign right there. On the other hand... It's not unusual uh, for a new, really new product uh, for a company to seed the channel. So what really will matter is what happens the next quarter and the one after that. Is the one million a blip while they're getting uh, devices in the stores or is it a, a hopeful you know, trend going forward? So we're talking here about shipping, not selling. Uh, that's my understanding. I mean, typically when companies say they sold, they really mean ship. Apple claims otherwise, Apple. but who knows? 
Actually, uh, Gardner's numbers. Gardner's the only analyst firm that uh, counts sales, not shipments. Their sales numbers are always lower than Apple's uh, shipment numbers. Apple absolutely lists shipments. There you go. Okay, let's talk about BlackBerry now. Obviously, it's nice to make a small profit, but we have to look at the future success of the company. So where are we going with it? Okay, so my read, and again, it's a quick read of the numbers, uh, it looks to me like uh, they lost a considerable number of uh, customers, uh, subscribers over the last uh, three quarters. That shows uh, weakness somewhere, and I suspect it's at the low end of the market else, you know, outside of this country. There, there are places in the world where BlackBerry is very popular, but they're not necessarily the high-end devices. They're you know, devices with a keyboard. It's great for you know, texting or whatever. It wasn't that long ago here um, during kind of the, tra- the iPhone transition uh, where once you saw businessmen using Blackberries, it was teenage girls like the keyboard for texting. But now many of those you know, uh, customers have gone over to iPhone or another touchscreen uh, smartphone. So I think what we're seeing globally is that uh, uh, kind of a rot uh, with at the low end of uh, BlackBerry's, you know, customer base, and that's going to be filled in probably by you know, Samsung, which is rapidly taking over the territory that also global territory that uh, once was belonged to to Nokia, and uh, we're seeing uh, some of the Chinese manufacturers like Z, ZDE and others come in with lower cost devices too. So if that's what's happening. BlackBerry has a really serious problem going ahead, but we'll see. I mean, the company is trying to recover. I think that overall, the today being in the black, uh, or, or the earnings day being in the black, very encouraging. I think the one million uh, Z10s is very encouraging. The question is sustainability for the next couple quarters. And there's a whole lot of new competition. There's the HTC One when the thing finally goes on sale. There's finally a, win, right? Finally, right. You have to wonder <laughs> about that. That's got to really hurt HTC because the one really has to do really well or they're going to be thought of as being something that is no longer relevant, right? Uh, HTC is already headed in that direction. And the problem is, is that uh, the longer the delay, the closer the uh, Samsung Galaxy S4 is to selling. And then that's big competition. And of course, if there is an iPhone refresh soon, the rumored you know 5S, that's another problem. So right now, BlackBerry is going to have to go up against HTC, which we assume will get the phone out in a few weeks. The Samsung Galaxy S4 is going to start shipping what mid late April? Uh, yeah, I think uh, end of April. Uh, you're going to start seeing uh, pre-orders. Well, some some uh, uh, carriers in the UK I think are taking pre-orders now. Uh, AT&T here. Uh, we'll start taking them on the on the 16th of April. But my understanding is we'll see phones shipping uh, towards the end of next month. Okay, so in announcing that, though, and this is a problem that HTC confronted too, when you announce a phone too early and it's an upgrade to an existing model, very important, sales of the existing model tank. So obviously who's going to buy an HTC One last edition because of this? You can get a Samsung Galaxy S3 free, because why pay full price the new models coming out in a few weeks? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it may hurt sales, but I mean, it, you know, this is what it takes. I mean, you have to get, your phones have to get through a regulatory process. So there's, you, you typically can't announce, you know, and ship. I mean, Apple, you know, Apple does it, um, but still it's pretty tight. 
it, it isn't like that they ship the same day that they uh, that they announce. It's about there's ten a, days usually. Yeah, there's a there's still a little bit of delay, and by then they, they're pretty I think pretty confident that they have their regulatory ap- approval in place for you know wherever. I assume they know in advance. They contact the FCC and they say we're submitting this product under normal approval. How long will it take? They probably know in advance what the I'm time sure they is. Do. Sure, and how to get it out as quickly as possible. All right, with Samsung, Samsung Galaxy S4. Now, we've talked about this before with some other people who played with the phone. Did you get a chance? Um, I haven't seen it, uh, but uh, I think the features are, are very compelling. Uh, I was surprised by some of the early reaction, kind of saying that, you know, kind of ho-hum about it and, and saying that it's not as good as the iPhone you know, 5 and it's more of an evolutionary device. I mean, come on, we got we got Star Trek Universal Translator, uh, you know, for example, you know, it's uh, th- there's a lot of things here that are quite innovative. That if Steve Jobs had gotten on the stage at a at an Apple keynote and had announced them, it would have been like, "Oh my God, Apple's done it again! This is amazing innovation." But because it's Samsung and their their you know their you know president gets up and he's Korean and and doesn't you know speak very well, and they try to do a you know theatrical launch. Uh, you know, in Manhattan, they don't have, you know, they don't, they just don't have the style, the marketing prowess that, that Apple has and certainly the magic that Steve Jobs uh, had when, when introducing anything. Now, looking over the Galaxy S4, and we've covered this, like I said, the basics before, do you see here the possibility here that Samsung may be just pushing too many bullet point features out there? And we don't know how they're going to work. We don't know how that smart scroll thing where you tilt the phone to scroll it. If you're looking at it, it sounds like a fascinating feature, but then I can see holding the phone in your hand and accidentally tilting it and causing it to go to the next screen when you're looking at it. Regardless, the key, of course, is how well the features work. But does it sound too much like throwing as many features in there as you can to fill the bullet points and hoping a few stick? No, actually, because I, there's, a, there's, there's a clear design. Well, okay, there's two separate issues here. One is there's a very clear design philosophy regarding the features. So I disagree that they're just throwing stuff in. But that's a separate issue from will they all work together? And, you know, that's the devil in the details, which you really can't say until people get their hands on the phones and start using them over some period of time. Uh, so I, I want to separate them. The The philosophy that Samsung clearly has, uh, and we saw this in the Galaxy S3 as well, is about making the, uh, the phone more familiar more human, more responsive to you. And basically, uh, that's picking up where, where Apple started. I mean, that's what, that's what made iPhone so different. Apple used the sensors to make the phone respond to you, to do things that other phones had never done before. And uh, as more sensors were added, uh, similar capabilities uh, continued. The phone knows its orientation in space as you, as you, uh, as you hold it and so on. Uh, Samsung is really into maximizing the, the the value of the screen and also making the phone more responsive, more like a personal assistant, more a, a part of you anticipating your needs. And We have to anticipate this need, and we'll get more into the <laughs> design goals for the Samsung Galaxy S4 with Joe Wilcox on the Tech Night Out Live. 
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave. Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use EscapeHarassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law, and it works. Escape Harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 That's 877-457-9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money-back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. Despite what medical experts tell you, it's just not possible to get all the nutrients your body needs from food. Minerals are essential for good health, but not all soils contain these nutrients, so they won't be in your food. And Dr. Peter Glidden knows this. Longevity's organic, plant-derived liquid minerals. This mineral supplement, which contains 77 plant-derived, organic, certified organic minerals, In a colloidal state, saturated, concentrated just below the saturation index is unrivaled in 
the field of medical nutrition, the field of nutrition, period. There's no other company that has a product that even comes close to this, and this is a big deal. Order your liquid colloidal minerals from Longevity today by calling 855-347-3696. That's 855-347-3696. Or on the web at fireyourmdnow.com. That's fireyourmdnow.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Joe Wilcox of Beta News, where he's managing editor. We're focusing on the design philosophy of the Samsung Galaxy S4, and maybe this wasn't communicated so well. And maybe you'll explain a little bit further about what it's all about. Go ahead. Okay. Well, if you look at the phone, the tagline for it is, uh, what, Life Companion or something like that. I think that's very apt when you look at the features that, uh, that Samsung promotes about this phone. Uh, the way that it responds to your eyes. The way that it responds to not even touch, but just having your fingers over the screen. The, um, the way that they utilize voice. The whole translation thing, which is quite remarkable. I mean, it's uh, you have on-the-fly translation, and you can have translation that's text-to-speech and speech-to-text. Granted, it's only nine languages to start, but you know who who's really offering anything like that, you know, in a smartphone? And for a company that is thinking globally, like Samsung is, you know, being in Asia, you know, this kind of feature has a lot of potential. Uh, the way that uh, it does, uh, you know, commands, they've improved the command structures, response to you in the car, the S-Voice, uh, I don't know what they'd call that particular S, don't remember what they call it, S-Voice derivative, but, you know, the, the camera features, which, I mean, I could just imagine if, if Steve Jobs were alive and he was showing off, if Apple had developed the, uh, uh, the re- remove someone from the you know photo feature whatever oh yeah whatever, someone gets of, divorced I like that feature you know yeah they but, break up with somebody but divorce no, it's it's not you know divorce it's like Phil Schiller you know they he takes a picture you know Steve Jobs takes a picture and removes Phil Schiller and the audience laughs or does that with you know with a video or do a video conference with Phil Schiller and then include the audience that kind of dual camera video feature that. Samsung has, if Apple had had introduced that, people would be just saying, wow, 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 Apple does it again. Steve Jobs is just magic. Well, you'd, but, he, of course, is with Samsung and the Galaxy S4. These features have to integrate well. The software has to work pretty well. We saw what happened when Apple had problems with maps. Everybody right. went after them. So now Samsung is touting this as not just another Android smartphone. And the specs are going to be state of the art. It is these special features, and if those features don't really work pretty well, they're going to get dinged. They'll just say, "Well, it's just like 3D TV. This is another gimmick." That's the key. Right, it's not but, how but good they sound, but how they work. And I agree with that 100. percent However, I'll qualify. Many of these features already were rudimentary in the S3, and nobody's complaining about them that I can see. If you're looking at the phone, it doesn't. It doesn't blank out the picture, the screen. That's one feature it has, right? Right. That's one. That is a feature that it has right now. I'll tell you, I have an S3 in my hand. So if I mm-hmm. look at the S3, 
mm-hmm. the picture's not going to darken or dim. It's going to be Suppo- supposedly if that feature works. Yes. Okay, and it's using the front-facing camera to track your eyes. That's correct. It knows what I'm doing. It knows what I'm seeing. I just hope I'm not seeing the wrong thing on the phone. Then we'll figure <laughs> that out, and then we'll all be in trouble, right? Right. Yeah, but again, I agree with you. You know, it all depends on execution. It sounds good on paper. We won't know until people get the devices uh, and see how this all integrated stuff works, or it doesn't. That's why I was raising the theory here about tilting to scroll, and that right. is how sensitive is it. And supposedly there's a half-second delay built into it. Will that be annoying, or would you get used to the feature and like it? Very interesting. But the other issue I want to ask you about the S4 is that all this is about Samsung and Samsung's proprietary features or exclusive features, and very little about Android. You know, Where does Android play in this particular game, except for legacy and traditional apps from Google Play? Well, I wrote about a year ago that uh, Google had lost control of Android. And I think that uh, there are a number of things that the company tried to do last year to try to wrestle control back. I think in the tablet space, it's been the company's been largely successful. That Nexus 7 and Nexus 10, uh, as kind of reference designs and actual products that are sold to real people, have helped, um, uh, I guess, diminish the influence of, uh, of Amazon which with its whole you know, curated uh, experience that's very similar to Apple in some ways, but a customized Android, Amazon Android, I like to call it, uh, was kind of taking control away. But in the phone space, it's very different. Uh, Samsung accounted, according to Gardner, for 42.5% of uh, Android uh, sales uh, during uh, the fourth quarter. So almost, almost approaching half of all Android sales are, are uh, from Samsung. They created and their own monster. And they have their own user UI, the TouchWiz, on top of Android. That's where all this, this new stuff is coming from. And so the user experience isn't controlled by Google. It's controlled by Samsung. And the branding experience is controlled by Samsung. And that's the key thing. People don't buy operating systems. I mean... The people might listen to this show, maybe looking at Android, iOS, Windows Phone, BlackBerry, whatever. But the general people that are looking at brands like Apple, iPhone, Samsung, Galaxy S, whatever. And uh, uh, Android is way, way back uh, in that picture. So Samsung's brand is is out there globally uh, ahead of Android and probably will will be for half the phone sold pretty soon. Okay, so this means that Google, in a sense, has lost control because if Samsung drives more and more customers to its own online store, or maybe forks Android for their own purposes, where's Google in that? Well, it already is forked um, in a way. Sure. Uh, I I mean really forked. Well, well, IDC uh, predicted last year that by 2015 – the market share of customized Android uh, would exceed, um, I guess, what you'd call the regular, the, the st- stock Android that we see today. And that would come from companies like Amazon and Samsung, and then many of the Chinese companies, whether it's uh, the big brands like ZDE or the white box manufacturers that are ad- adapting it. 
you know, Android's open source and a lot of people want to customize it and control that whole branding experience. So for Google, it's good and bad. Uh, on the one hand, um, it's, uh, it's good for their operating system and all the services that connect to Android. But in terms of actually driving the Android experience, they're not doing it, which now segues to the recent uh, executive changes <laughs> at Google. Right. So Mr. Android is no longer head of Android. Correct. Uh, and Mr. Chrome and Apps uh, is running that division. So we have um, kind of a, a change of leadership there, which to me um, is reflects something different than a lot of other, I guess, journalists or analysts are saying. A lot of people are looking and saying, aha, Google is going to put Chrome OS in front of Android or it's going to merge Chrome OS and Android together. That's absolutely not what I see going on at all. What's happening is, is that Google's raising Chrome above everything else. The emphasis is about the browser as a platform, as a development platform. Chrome can go everywhere. It can go on Windows, can go on iOS, it goes on Android. And uh, you're going to see more and more emphasis on the browser. And uh, that's also where people consume Google services today, where they hit the advertising that pays the bills at Google. Okay, so basically, um, we're, we're seeing the, the rise of, of Chrome as Google's most important platform uh, in, the, in the near future. Joe Wilcox, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Betanews.com, and come on by. <laughs> it's betanews.com. And by the way, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. That is, we're Tech Night Owl on Twitter. On Facebook, look for Gene Steinberg. When you find him, he's probably me. We also have that other radio (laughs) show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast at Paracast.com. This week, we talked to Dr. Roger Lear about alien implants. Imagine that. Joe Wilcox, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.